Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. Yes, we are back with our number three here on a Thursday in the Northland. And, uh, man, so many things to get into yet we haven't even started on. But anyway, this attack yesterday or day before yesterday that killed this uh, Hezbollah leader kind of is reminiscent of the strike that took place uh, in 2020, the drone strike in Baghdad. That was also in Baghdad, by the way that killed Iran's Quad Force leader, General Qusam Sulami. And that was by Donald Trump. Remember that? So, so we've had two killings of leaders of different uh, Islamic terrorist organizations. One, the uh, Quad Forces, both sponsored by Iran, in Iraq, killed in Baghdad, and now yesterday, the leader of the Qatabi Hezbollah group that was killed in Iran, in Baghdad, or in Iraq, I should say, in Baghdad. But again, another group sponsored by, the, uh, by Iran. So it, it is becoming uh, almost secondhand that the, the uh, wars that are going on over there are no longer necessarily being shooting wars where a guy is looking down the sights of his rifle shooting as much as it is maybe some guy sitting in an office in Phoenix, Arizona, looking at screens that are coming off a satellite and he's flying a joystick of a a drone that is going to take out a... a, a uh, car driving down the streets of Baghdad that is going to hold some terrorist in it. So, you know, it's it's uh, it's a rather interesting thing that's going on that is happening over there. Anyway, we have on the phone with us right now, we have uh, a lady that we've had a couple of times, very interesting in my estimation. Uh, Cheryl Fosdick is the uh, owner of a wonderful organization, CF Design, and Cheryl is the lady that can take you right from your mind's eye view of what you'd like a home to be to conception, to architectural drawings, to the actual finished product. Does that kind of hit it in a nutshell, Cheryl? You got it. We don't build it. We draw it and uh, we make it ready to build. And that's your insurance. It's going to get built the way you want it drawn, uh, built, uh, the way it's drawn. So, we, uh, yep, we provide those services. And we also have a a lighting studio. So yes, a very. I, I understand. I haven't seen the lighting studio myself yet, but I understand that Loom Studio is uh, is really something special. Yeah, I'll tell you. You know, we we've experienced year after year after year people cutting lighting out at the final phase of the construction of their projects, and we start our projects thinking about light. So when it loses its grip at the end of a project, we uh, we feel like the the project is uh, not a, not a success, and so. We're trying to uh, instill an interest in lighting right at the very beginning of our process, uh, our design process. So uh, that's why we created Loom. You know, and and Loom is probably one of those things that is, uh, you know, yeah, a lot of these big box stores have lighting departments, but they don't have the kind of conceptual lighting that you would like to see necessarily in your home from start to finish. But it, oh, it appears yeah. like Loom has everything. Well, you know, we're, we're, we've taken um, a look at the history of lighting, and things have changed so radically over time. 
Uh, you know, back in the days when chandeliers were all the rage for, you know, their glitter and glow, and it kind of represented the people whose whose money were spent on the chandeliers, a little blinding, you know, lights and whatnot. And we, we've moved away from that into things that are less harsh and, and more um, kind of familiar and, and calm. And, uh, you know, we didn't even have colored paints back when chandeliers were popular. They were really um, just uh, uh, indigos and blacks and whites, and that's it. So when paint came into being, uh, people started to look at lighting a little differently. They wanted to see the actual color and not uh, have it rendered by some, uh, you know, strange uh, blinding light off of a chandelier. So, so you know, the, the incandescent light bulb has grown older and older and older, and now we're into LED, which is something completely, utterly different and really fun. The capacity and the possibilities are are enormous here. So we're excited about it. Now, um, maybe, Cheryl, you'd you'd give people an idea of where the Loom Studio was located. I think, you know, people that have driven by it, people that have walked by it on the street, they know where it is. But uh, <laughs> if, if you're listening to the show and you haven't seen it yet and you want to look at some unique conceptual lights, where would I find it? Yeah, we're right downtown. We're uh, just past... Uh, 3rd Avenue East and Superior Street, just heading north, and we're on the lake side. So we're right across from the Sheraton Hotel. And okay. uh, we share the building with uh, with Blink Optometry. A lot of people know where Blink is. And, and honestly, on a clear night, you'll probably see us from space. We throw a fair amount of light out in front of the building onto the sidewalk, make it nice and safe. So uh, come on down. Fantastic. In the meantime, if you have been listening this morning, and I'm I'm telling you, if, go to Cheryl's website, go to CF Designs web pages. You will see some of the most unique designed buildings. Uh, not only new construction, but some of the work that they've done on existing uh, buildings uh, that are in the place. Uh, and yeah. if somebody is listening and they want to talk to you about designing a home. The yep. the best thing to do is it to call that cell number. It sure is. So call two one eight three four three zero nine eight three, or just contact me by email, which is Cheryl C H E R Y L at cfdesignltd dot com. And the first consultation, which we love to have either on your property or at your home, depending on if it's new construction remodeling, is at no cost and no obligation. So we just want Fantastic. to sit down with you, get our feet wet, understand what you're thinking about, and we'll we'll loan you all the uh, knowledge we have uh, about the construction industry and the design industry, and uh, be happy to talk to you. Outstanding. Well, there you go, Northlanders. If you're if you're looking for lighting for your home, maybe something unique that you didn't even know existed here in the Northland, Loom is the place to go. Right down on Superior Street. But if you want some con. Uh, some uh, conceptual design help in putting together a home that you're going to live in for the rest of your life, or at least a long period of it, uh, get a hold of Cheryl, and I think you will be amazed at the kind of work that they've done in the Northland. So, Cheryl, thank you very much for your time again this morning. Absolutely. Thank you, Brad. Have a great day. The sun poked out, so that's a good thing. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Kenny. Yes, sir. Uh, so, Kenny, the uh, the story out of uh, Washington, of course, this morning, uh, you know, so so many things uh, over and above the fact that uh, Donald Trump is in the Supreme Court again uh, to determine whether he can be on the ballot in places like Colorado and some of those areas. The other big issue out of the Associated Press this morning was that the 
the GOP has, in fact, scuttled the border bill. And, of course, the Democrats are going to come out and say, oh, see, they're all talk. Those Republicans are all talk. They want to talk a big thing about the border, but they don't want to do anything about it. Well, in essence, what this bill did was very little of anything to really close off the myriad, the, the amount of people that are coming across the southern border right now. And, uh, you know, it, it's been said probably 50 times, if it's been said once, that the administration that's in place right now has enough bills in place. They have the laws already on the books. All they've got to do is put them into effect to close that border. But if you look at what they've done in, let's say, just Texas, where the governor of Texas has tried numerous ways to close down the flow of illegal immigrants across the border. They started with barricades up and down uh, the Rio Grande River, not across the river, impeding the flow of commercial traffic or fishing or anything else, but up and down, just like the water flows up and down the river. They had, a, they had floating barricades across there so that people couldn't walk across from Mexico into the United States unimpeded. What did the Biden administration do? Said, no, you can't do that. That's illegal. We're going to take you to court. So how was that helping to control the flow of people? Then Texas said, well, you know what? We're, we're going to have to do something. We're going to build a, a system across the areas where they're most likely coming across the shallow areas of the Rio Grande and areas like that. We're going to put up containers and then we're going to put razor wire on them to impede these people so that they just don't come by the thousands and hundreds of thousands uh, like they did in December, 240-some thousand people. And so then what did our administration do? Joe Biden and our administration said, oh, that's illegal. You can't do that. These are people coming here seeking asylum. You can't impede them. Then the state of Texas uh, went to the legislature, and the legislature passed a law that said, if we stop you on the streets of Texas and you have no right to be in this country, in other words, you broke our laws and came here illegally, you don't have a, a green card, you don't have access to our country, we can arrest you for being an illegal immigrant and send you back to where you came from. What did Joe Biden and his administration do? They said, oh, that you can't do that. We're going to take you to court on that. Every move that Texas has made to try to slow or impede the flow of illegal immigrants across the border, this administration has tried to impede and stop that uh, effort from being made. So now... Uh, they they threw together this massive bill, had, evidently have been working on it for like four months, and uh, they needed about a two, th they needed a, at least 60 uh, votes to make it a bill. Well, it failed yesterday, 49 to 50. It came after most Republicans said they'd vote against the legislation, which also included, the, see, they kept 
pushing this as a border bill. They said, this is the border bill. This is going to control the border. Oh, and by the way, yes, it does include $60 billion for wartime aid to Ukraine, $14 billion for Israel, uh, plus it includes money to rebuild and help the uh, Gaza that has been annihilated by the Israelis after the incursion there in, uh, in Israel, and so many other things. So now you've got this uh, whole hue of cry politically back and forth. Uh, Here's what Chuck Schumer said about the bill. He said, uh, it, finally, it seems we had the opportunity to solve the nightmare my state has lived for over 40 years. Uh, she said, Christine, uh, this is Christine Cinema, uh, who is the independent uh, senator from Arizona. Uh, she said, scolding the Republicans for using the border for a campaign photo op by rejecting the chance to enact the law. Turns out, they want to all talk and no action, she said. It, it, it turns out the border security is not a risk to our national security. It's just a talking point for the election. That's nonsense, Christine. It is a real risk. It is a real national security issue. But you can't play with it and, and make it seem like it's just a political thing that you're going to throw back and forth. <clears throat> and you're going to sweeten the pot by getting people to vote for it because they're going to vote for $60 billion for, Iraq or for Ukraine and another $14 million for, other, for Israel and then some more money to take care of housing that has been lost or put into place. This is the Republicans were deeply divided during a closed-door luncheon on this that— where they debated the funding package, the Senate settled into hour-long standstill as senators negotiated amendments for the standalone bill. Because, see, now they've come back. Schumer has now said, well, look, it doesn't look like we're going to get this lump-sum package worked out. So we're, now we're going to try to do a standalone package. It, we're going to put roughly $60 billion in Ukrainian aid has been installed in Congress for months because of a couple of things. First of all, there is starting to be a growing, uh, a lot of hardline conservatives in the House are starting to say that this is wasted money. Ukraine is running out of troops to be able to fire the missiles and the ammunition that we're sending them. They don't have enough fighting men left to continue this war beyond two years. Anyway, we've got to go to our first break here in hour number three, and then we'll come back with more. If you'd like to get involved, give us a call. We'll love to hear your side. KDAL time is 125. Uh, the sun is coming and going here, Brad, so the clouds are moving around out there. Uh, but currently, uh, let's go to uh, Superior. I wanted to check. Uh, the temperature was rising over there. Yeah, 48 degrees in Superior right now. Winds are out of the south at about 10 miles an hour. But the National Weather Service is still saying that this afternoon, a 90% chance of rain for Superior, and that's going to continue tonight, albeit an 80% chance. And then tomorrow, things will cool down. We're still going to be above normal. Normal high this time of the year is, what was it, 22? We're going to be in the low 30s tomorrow. But then those temperatures are going to drop throughout the day, and it's just going to feel cold because we haven't really been cold. So, it might so that's f- going to turn over to snow then. Yeah, there the is. Temperatures a, start dropping. Yes, there is a chance of s- snow, 
It's going to be light snow, Brad. There's not going to be a lot. It probably won't be a problem on the roads, but uh, you might run into some slippery spots where there's snow, so keep that in mind. And last but not least, now is not a good time to be on the ice, especially in the bay. Stay oh, off shit. the ice. Get it's off those. just not yeah. a safe time. This is a, a unique year, and uh, don't risk your life for a fish. No, no. Think, think this. If you if you really want to fish that bad, think about how much time you're going to yeah. have in an extended season this year because of the warmth. There you you're go. You're going to be able to get out on that boat so yeah. much more time. Or just go to uh, Super 1. I think it's down aisle 5 you'll find the <laughs> yeah. tuna fish. You'll see. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> tuna fish in a can, or you could go to the meat aisle, and they've got aye, some aye, wonderful aye. things there as well. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Um, you know, we, we, we kidded a little bit about the Minnesota legislature starting up Monday, but that's when they do start. And one of the first, you know, one of the first things they're going to discuss, Kenny, remember last year when we had this whole hue and cry over resource off school resource officers. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, we can't have uniformed police officers in the school because they might be mean to the children that are out of control. And we don't want them to do certain things. And we got to have so and they never came up with a procedure or with a, a proper use of force standard that they would apply to school resource officers. And the Democrats said it was all, well, that's because those those mean Republicans, they just want to turn these school resource officers loose on our children. Well, now, of course, Monday, it appears like that's going to be one of the first things they're going to do. They're scheduled a public hearing on the first day of the legislative session on Monday. Um, Sen- Senator Zach Duckworth, who's a Republican from Lakeville, released the following statement regarding a Democratic proposed student resource officer fix bill posted for a hearing in the Minnesota House of Rep- uh, House of Representatives next week. Duckworth, after spending all summer accusing Republicans of manufacturing the school resource officer issue for political reasons, I'm generally happy to see that Democrats are finally joining us and admitting that the law they passed last year needs to be fixed. They're looking forward, we're looking forward to the opportunity to have open and transparent bill hearings in the appropriate committees of both the House and the Senate where we can hear from all of the stakeholders who are urging that a correction to the law be passed as quickly as possible. So they are going to go and review that school resource bill. They're going to determine what a resource officer can do as far as holds on a student that is out of control. We've all seen some of the videos. Uh, I've seen, unfortunately, the video that came out of Denfeld a year ago of the girls fighting in the hall, I mean, punching administrators, punching teachers, uh, just out of control uh, people. And there has to be a way to control these things when you when you get students that really are not there to learn but are just there to uh, get into conflicts with people. 
and I, they're going to they're going to ask for police representation. They're going to ask for um, you know human resources people, psychologists to come and talk about the different. But mainly, it's going to be what kind of use of force can be built into the bill so that it it can set up a standard that can apply to all schools and all resource officers. So I think that's probably a positive thing. Um, anyway, we're going to, uh, you know what, we're going to take our CBS News break, and then we're going to come back with more here on our number three of the Thursday edition. By the way, Kenny, I do have one name for for TAPS tomorrow. Oh, you do? And yeah, I I got a I got a call from a friend of mine in the uh, veterans community, and a member of the Company B Marines that marched down Superior Street has passed away. His name was Carl Matson, M A T T S O N. Carl Matson. So World War II so, vet. Well, no, it was the Korean War. Uh, well, he might have, uh, you know. Come to think of it, I got a I'm. I've been given his uh, obituary to look up, and I'm going to look that up, and by okay. tomorrow okay. I'll have all the information. Good, good. But he was a Company B uh, Korean uh, uh, Korean War veteran. All right, so let's take our CBS News break, and then we'll come back with more. KDAL time is 135, 38 in Canal Park. Uh, now we're starting to cloud up again here, Bradley. Uh, speaking of the legislature kicking off Monday, you never know what they're going to come up with or what they're going to continue to discuss. And we've had uh, a call a number of times from Alan, who wants to uh, let us know not only about what to watch out for in the legislature, but also the fact that uh, that very soon now you're going to have your caucuses going here in the state of Minnesota. And if you want to get involved on the grassroots basis of a political process, uh, I'm sure Alan will tell us how to get involved in that caucus process. Good morning, Eric. Actually, good afternoon, Alan. Yeah, good afternoon, Brad. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, the, my main reason um, I'm calling today is to kind of clarify uh, what I said yesterday. You know, so if you're a okay. Republican and you're you're upset about the way things are going, this is the entry level to get involved. Um, what I wanted to clarify was the precincts involved and how that works. So. Uh, when I mentioned that yesterday, it's the Lincoln School that's going to be holding the caucuses up there. It, right. it has nothing to do with the school district itself. It's just a place to meet. But also, um, it includes all of the precincts in the city of Duluth, with the exception of 34 and 35. Things get a little confusing out west in the Gary New Duluth and the Fond du Lac neighborhoods uh, because parts of that belong to a different legislative district called 3B. Ah. Yeah. And so where they're meeting, I don't know. But how you'd find out is uh, you'd call your city clerk or if you're out in the country, um, call the uh, county auditor's offices. Uh, And what Wisconsin does, honestly, I have no clue. (laughs) But, uh, you know, if they just call their uh, election-type people that work, you know, they, they would have the answer for that. But uh, okay. so all of the precincts in, in Duluth, though, except for 34 and 35, which is the far west um, neighborhoods, um, they will be meeting at Lincoln School. So I just wanted to at clarify Lincoln and, that. And what time do they start, uh, Alan? 
Okay, so that's February the 27th, which is a Tuesday, and it starts okay. at 7 p.m., but please get there early, like 6.30, because there's, we expect a lot of people. Sure, so, and, and, it and you're going to have to get registered ahead of time and all that. So Yeah, just to yeah. get signed in and, and know where um, which particular classroom you're going to be uh, meeting in and so on. Um, you know, give yourself a few minutes of time for that. A lot of people don't sure. know what precinct number they're in. Most people, I'd venture, don't know their precinct number, um, but we'll have that when you come in. So now when you come up to Lincoln School, um, don't. it's not the first floor. You've got to go up further and around the back, and that's the, that's the doors you'll enter in. Okay. And so do you still enter through the main lobby area, or do you... Um, it's it's it, it basically empties right into the cafeteria. It's uh, so it's okay. the second floor, not the first floor. It's the upper floor, is where you want to go. Okay. Okay, and it's a two-hour thing, so you know it, it's not asking a lot of your time, and and this is the greatest way to get, have input into the process. Sure. Yeah. But the boy, I'll tell you what, Alan is absolutely right. If you want to see things change in the state of Minnesota and make it a more of a uh, uh, a competitive state again, you need to get involved in the grassroots process, and it starts right at those caucus meetings. So thank you for that, Alan. Listen, uh, before we get to our Minnesota news break here, I do want to bring you up to date on the latest coming out of the uh, uh, up out of the uh, Lutzen Resort uh, fire that happened. It, it has been rumored now, not rumored, it's uh, sure that it is a complete total loss. Uh, staffers at the Lutzen Resort said that they spotted smoke coming from electrical outlets in the floor of the lobby at about 12.30 a.m. on Tuesday. The employee made it out and no guests were lo- were checked in for the entire night. There was nobody in the, in the uh, lodge at all. But the wood frame lodge was quickly destroyed despite the efforts of firefighters from Lutzen and surrounding communities who got there in relatively quick time. But remember, a lot of these are volunteer fire departments, and it takes a while to get to the station and get the equipment and get there. Uh, but now it has come out that there there had been three fire inspection violations that had not been corrected. There were actually seven violations. The agency said the property owner repaired four of them. It is too early in the investigation to determine if the three outstanding violations played any kind of role in the fire at all. But here's what the three outstanding violations were orders to do. Provide the most recent report on annual testing of the lodge of the lodge's sprinkler system. Evidently, there was no reports on on the uh, testing that had been done on that. So they were going to have to provide that. They also were going to have to provide the most recent report on the lodge's fire alarm inspection and testing. And then finally, the repair or replace an emergency light near one of the lodge's 32 guest rooms. Uh, that, uh, that Those three minor things had not been uh, changed or clarified yet. The fire marshal said it's unclear when the investigation will conclude uh, on what exactly was the cause. But remember that the main lodge was rebuilt after a 1951 fire 
using the same design as the prominent St. Paul architecture, Edwin Lundy, and they hope they'll be able to continue, you know, kind of the same thing again. But that's the latest on the uh, on the fires there. It uh, uh, there the, those three violations of the seven had not been completed yet, but the rest mm. had been done. So, Mister Bradley, so, yes, Ken. we're going to be back at City Council tonight. City Council agenda, and that gets started at five fifteen. Again, there's no public comments during the agenda meetings on Thursday, but uh, one of the uh, agenda items struck me. You ready? Okay. A resolution yeah. authorizing agreement with Work in Progress LLC as agent for Domino's Pizza LLC to fund snow removal in the amount of $25,000. Huh? Yeah, I don't Explain. know. If, well, I don't know if you recall, but it was a couple of years ago that there was something similar to this. I don't know all the details other than it was $5,000 then, and the city council, uh, uh, some members took exception to the fact that it's a commercial company that's doing this, and blah, blah, blah. Well, they ended up passing the resolution. The city got the $5,000. I mean, why wouldn't you do this, I guess? But this one here is $25,000. Again, I don't know all the ins and outs other than there is a plowing for pizza agreement. <laughs> Well, does that mean the domino is actually taking profits, taking money, and helping the city pay for snow plowing? Um, that's a good. Uh, that's a good question, um, and maybe some of that will come out tonight in the council meeting. But if you read the resolution, if you read the uh, the attachment to it, rather, it spells out the funds, the use of funds, the materials, the usage, uh, the conditions, and I can't go through this whole thing. There's like ten, eleven different points here in this right. uh, $25,000 uh, and it does say here that Domino's, Domino's will provide to your town funds in the amount of $25,000 uh, for the use of snow removal. Yeah. Well, you'll have to uh, bring us up to date tomorrow when we come back and uh, on, on what this, uh, what the whole spell down of this deal was because sounds kind of interesting i mean i don't know if, if it qualifies this year willing to we, stop we haven't yeah. done any snow removal well <laughs> there's that side of it yeah what are they going to remove there is no snow jeez <laughs> interesting all right well anyway let's uh let's take our minnesota news break and, and then we'll come back i've got a couple other things here i want to let people know about KDAL time is one fifty-two. Boy, we're wrapping up the end of this program, aren't we, Bradley? We certainly are, I'll tell you, Kenny. Jeez. Say, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Is the mayor of Minneapolis, Jacob Fry, is he just a young, kind of inexperienced guy, or is he just kind of a off-the-cuff well, statement kind of guy? Uh, he, he comes across as kind of immature to me, but why do you ask? Well, he's found himself in hot water now again. He he evidently is upset with the number of people that, because of the COVID pandemic, had shifted their work patterns from going downtown Minneapolis and be working in an office building to going home and working out of their home. And now, because of that, because, because even now after the pandemic, although the pandemic is still hanging around evidently, he came out the other day and made the statement that working from home 
makes you a loser. <laughs> well, of course, immediately that attracted fairly swift, swift condemnation from people on social media. A number of organizations that have workers deployed at home came out and said, you know, I wish more families and people had access to flexible working arrangements, not less. Well, now, of course, Mayor Jacob Fry has had to clarify to the Star Tribune that he was joking when he made his comments about losers working from home. But he does consider the financial recovery of downtown Minneapolis to be a serious problem. He said, I was obviously just a joke, but I'm not joking about wanting people back downtown because of the financial vibrancy of people working and being downtown and going to the restaurants and et cetera, et cetera. Not a, not a very classy way of approaching that, would you say? No, I've never been impressed by the guy, ever. No. Oh, and, and oh, by the way, speaking of COVID, uh, did you see the report out this morning that Washington State is now in a little bit of trouble, although I guess they can use their COVID money however they want? The state of Washington uh, received about $340 million in funding from the federal government for the American Rescue Plan Act, which was supposed to be to put people back to work. Well, or actually, they received about $4.4 billion overall funding uh, under that uh, American Rescue Recovery Plan. But they decided to give $1,000 checks to illegal immigrants in the state of Washington. Yeah, this doesn't you, sit well, Brad, with uh, no, with no Americans in general. It just doesn't. No, where's my thousand know, dollars? It, you know, I've got bills, I've got taxes, I've got groceries I gotta buy. Yeah, where's mine? Yeah, exactly. How about my thousand dollars? A new report highlights how federal pandemic funds went to ineligible illegal immigrants in the form of a thousand dollar check. Insane. According, I just I don't I don't get it. I and and now you have all these uh, organizations like, for example, we've had school districts here in Minnesota say, "Oh my God, what are we going to do now that we don't have any more of the pandemic money? We had all this pandemic money and we were using it for this this thing and that thing and other things and and now we don't have that money, and we we still want to give our uh, our employees' wage increases, and we want to have uh, programs. Now they're starting to look at uh, having to come to the taxpayers, like like they have in Duluth, where they're going to say, uh, "Hey, uh, we want to we want to add a uh, a technology grant uh, 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 program, and you're going to have to fund it. The taxpayers are going to have to fund it to the tune of about five million a year for the next ten years, fifty some million dollars." These are all things that we're going to hear so much more about between too long. Yeah, uh, and, and the thing the about that, year. too, that we mentioned is that the school board is going to have this special election in May, and it's going to cost them $100,000 yeah. to hold a special election. They've got so yeah. much money, Brad. Come on. You don't well, spend that really kind don't. of money on that. <laughs> well, I'm being facetious. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And it's Say, just, it's uh, outrageous. 
Did you did you see? Speaking of uh, our president Joe Biden, did you did you see the latest flaw or the latest uh, meltdown he had where he was? Uh, I don't know what he was actually discussing, but he was out in Arizona, I think, at some fundraising thing out there, and he started talking about. He he uh, he seemed like he got confused and he started absolutely screaming as he recounted the recycled suckers and losers hoax. Yeah. He is showing Boy. classic signs of dementia. Boy, I guess and, so. and it really is something because there are days, there are moments where he seems uh, extremely focused, somewhat livid. Yeah, somewhat livid. Okay. And then there's those times where he's just lost in space. Yes. Yes. And it's just not good. And and I know people think that, oh, you shouldn't make fun of him. Well, he shouldn't be the president. Come on. No, he shouldn't be the president in that kind of condition. And that leads me to that firm belief again. A lot of people are talking about that by September, we may see some changes there. Anyway, we've we've pretty much shot today, but tomorrow, Friday, don't forget, we got a big show coming up, lots of things. I got the ultimate joke, Kenny, for tomorrow. Oh, and you have a congressman coming on. (laughs) Yes, we do have a congressman, too. He's not the joke, believe me. Tom Tiffany will be on at about 1.35 tomorrow. So, anyway, please join us back tomorrow here on 610 KDAL with Sound Off again. Have a great day, folks, and... uh, Let's, let's hope we don't get too much snow.